Hare Krishna. Welcome everyone. Thank you for being here. So instead of the Jairada Madhava song, I would just chant the invocation mantra that we speak before uh, speaking on Bhagavad Gita and other spiritual works. So I just ask you to repeat after me. And if you don't know it, just stretch your ears open and you'll probably be able to get it. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Hare Krishna So uh, we wrote in our, we have a weekly newsletter called Kala Chanjikata. You can sign up on our temple's website. And oftentimes I'll say the speaker and class. And so today is called Going Beyond G-O-D. Going Beyond G-O-D. That's the name of the talk. Um, so just give you a verse from the Bhagavatam. This is from the 11th canto. It's, uh, I was practicing it with my kids. It's a nice verse. It gives some of the very basic, fundamental, foundational understandings of Eastern philosophy. And so it goes like this. Dehasta pina dehasta vidvan swapnad yatotitaha adehasta pi dehasta kumati swapnadrik yata. So dehe, um, those who are mem- memorizing verses, what does Dehe mean? Body, yes. And Sta, how many of you heard of places called Pakistan, Uzbekistan? So Stan is where you're standing, it's your, where you're situated. So Dehasta, who is situated in the body? The soul. Dehasta, Pina Dehasta. So situate in the body, and na means, but not situated in the body. Vidvan, vidvan, vidvan. You see in Sanskrit, you have a lot of the words that you get out of English are come from Sanskrit. Like the word wit comes from vit. So vit means you know, knowledge, intelligence. And you probably see Bhagavad Gita has this term Bhagavan. You get Bhagavad Gita from that. Van means the possessor of. So someone who has lots of wits is called Vidvan. So Vidvan Swapnan Yatotitaha means Swapna means dream. And Utitaha. So 
uh, you're uh, just woken from your dream. And you are, you were a, uh, a green tiger with purple stripes, with a pink and yellow mohawk. But when you wake from the dream, you still remember that pink tiger with that's green or green tiger with purple stripes and a pink and yellow mohawk. You remember that. But you understand, wait, that's not me. That body is not me. So dehastapina dehasta. The, sw- the smart person, the wise person, the one with all the wits, is the one who knows that he is not this physical body. Just like a person who has just woken up knows that he wasn't that green tiger with purple stripes with a pink and yellow mohawk. He knows that. He, it's, he just recognized, oh, that was a dream. That's not my actual reality. And then the adehasta, pidehasta, kumati, swapna, drikyata. And the one who is kumati, who is foolish. Uh, he is similar to the one, he has adehasta, although he's not really in the body. He sees himself in that body. Just like the person who is in the dream, he thinks himself to be a green tiger with purple stripes, yellow and pink mohawk. He thinks himself to be that. For example, I've had a lot of flying dreams. And in the dream, I'm like, see, I knew I could fly. Look at me, I can fly. Everyone, check it out, I can fly. And then I wake up, and it's a great disappointment. I'm just like, I realize, ah, it was just a dream. Maybe it was past life, remembering something from a past life previous body. There are all kinds of bodies that fly. There are birds that fly. There are even human-like creatures and other planets that can fly. All different planets exist in this universe. So, but the kumati, the fool, he thinks himself to be the body. If you are this body, then which body are you? The body you have now or the body you had ten years ago? The body you had ten years ago has died. All those cells have died. Sorry to say. Um, so when you have like your, did you, any of you on your eighth birthday cry? Oh, my seven-year-old body is gone. <laughs> it is. It has gone. No. So. Every cell within your body is replaced over a period of seven to ten years. So the body you have today wasn't the body you had ten years ago. So that's not you. You're not the physical body. You're the one inside the body. Dehasta. Situated in the body. But not really in the body. Utita. He's, he's woken up and saying, wait a minute. Is this really me? That's not me. So he is he is wise. So although this is really, really extremely basic philosophy of Vedic culture, it's quite profound. You don't find this information being taught at Harvard, Yale. You don't find the information of consciousness and identity being delved into in educational fields. Uh, 
But that's where you start from. If you want to make you happy, the first question is, what is the you? What is the me? Who am I? Like you may ask, we ask this tricky question. Sometimes we ask students this question. Do you have a soul? Anybody want to uh, um, raise your hand if you have a soul? Raise your hand. Anybody? You have a soul right there? Okay. Now, uh, what's your name, sir? Aditya, Aditya, Gatham Tejo, Jagat Busayate, Kilam, Yachandramasi, Yachchagno, Tatejo, Vidimamakam. Aditya means the light of the sun. We got Mr. Sunshine here. And his brother was also here, my other Mr. Sunshine. Two, two Mr. Sunshines here. That's pretty cool. Now, when it's, when it's daytime, you don't say it is shine outside. Like, look at the shine. There's shine outside. You say there's sunshine. There's a recognition of the energetic, not just the energy, but the energetic. The energetic possesses form, and the energy it becomes formless and pervasive. But So uh, we got Aditya here. If you have a soul, then what's the you that has it? If you have it, then what part? You have the so, a soul, so what's you? What are you then? You are a soul. All right. Aditya. Thank you. (laughs) So we are the soul and we have this thing called the body. And unfortunately the body, its characteristics are distinctly opposite from the soul. The soul is, it's ever fresh and the body is ever old, ever decaying. And so the eternal being is trying to enjoy the temporary and he is suffering in this regards. Like the Buddha said, there are four noble truths of Buddhism. Number one, material world is full of suffering. Number two, the suffering is caused by our desire. We want to enjoy that temporary thing. Number three, uh, we stop suffering by stopping desire. And number four, and this is done by the Eightfold Path of Buddhism. So up to three, uh, we don't agree after th- on three on. Our philosophy is a little different. Desire is an inherent expression of you, your actual existence. You actually exist. What is the famous uh, French philosopher? What does he say? Descartes? Cognito ergo sum. I think, therefore I am. Meaning that uh, we, the ultimate thing that we can only know is that I exist. Like, for example, how many of you are familiar with the ancient movie called The Matrix? How many are familiar with that? So you could all be batteries right now for some robot conglomerate, and you could be just being used in that way, and you're you're hallucinating, being being uh, led to see certain things, like you got some. Thing in your brain stem. But what is the one thing you do know? I exist, yeah. I don't know, you know what I'm seeing. I don't know. But I know I exist. Yeah. Because when you're dreaming, you see something else. and You still exist. But that what you're seeing is not actually reality. So we say this world is real. But we, our connection to it is unreal. And this, our actual desires are being 
perverted or converted into material desires. Not that we have to destroy our desires or get rid of desire. It is similar uh, compared to if you have a, a house with a leak, one way to uh, get rid of the problem is you blow up the house. And then you have no leak. You know. So similarly, to stop desires is not the best way to deal with the problem because desire is actually part of yourself. So we have all the, you see this light bulb there? You have different light bulbs. You could take blue paint and cover the light bulb blue. Now, in white light, what colors are there? All different, you know, a whole spectrum of colors. Now, what color comes out once you paint it blue? Just the blue spectrum. Everything is being held back. All, all light is being held back except for that blue spectrum. So, similarly, our desires are being covered over by our connection to matter. So not that we have to stop desiring, but we want to bring out our original pure desire. So what is our original pure desire? That is called yoga, union, connection to the supreme. The word v-yoga means to negate, to cut off, to minus in mathematics. But the word yoga means to add. So we need to add Krishna or the Supreme to our life. Otherwise we remain dissatisfied. So going, just an example, uh, just imagine there is a, a person and he has a particular type of disease. This disease is called Maya. Can you say that? Maya. And so... Um, Anybody with this neurologic disorder, if they get into a car, they think the car is them. Soon as they get into a car, they think they they are that vehicle. It's a special type of neurological disease. Uh, another word for it is aham car, <laughs> which is the Sanskrit word for false ego. Aham means I car. I am this car. So, that person who has this special ahamkar disease, he he drives to 7-Eleven because he's hungry. And so what does he do? He fills that tank up and starts to drive home. And he's wondering, wait a minute, I still feel this disturbance of hunger. So he comes back out to 7-Eleven and he decides, maybe I didn't get the right thing. Maybe get some, uh, some oil, some, some, something to shine the tires. He tries different things, but every time he leaves 7-Eleven, he still has this disturbance of hunger. So similarly, because we misidentify the body as a self, we don't find actual satiation or satisfaction. Therefore, a person may think, uh, maybe I need a, a different wife. I saw this lady walking down the street. Maybe she's the one. Our, our advertisements come out all day long. Different, oh, I think that is what I need. 
there was an experiment shown to show how we are so much conditioned. We think, oh, this is my original idea. But there's, we're so much conditioned. There was one hypnotist and magician. He invited um, adver- advertising agents to come to his office for an experiment. He said he, 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 it was the top advertising agency in London. And so he invited them to his office. And uh, when they came in, he said, okay, I want you, here's an envelope. You may open it. In 30 minutes, I want you to design an ad, a logo, a, a byline, and, and, a, and a, a nice picture, a drawing that advertises a fake business. This is a, this fake business will be a line of taxidermy shops. That means stuffed dead animals. It was just a joke. It was an experiment. So the guys start drawing. They draw a bear with a harp sitting in the clouds. And it says, Animal Heaven, where the animals go at the end. <laughs> this is what their different, different best ideas. And there, there was some pearly gates. And so they opened the envelope. And it was the same kind of drawing. The, top, the name was the same. There was a bear with the harp. There were some gates. And the byline was written basically the same. How did he do it? Was it little Jedi mind tricks? What was? How did he do it? It was the taxi ride from their office to his office. He had planted some... Um, he had some people wearing uh, a zoo logo... Shirts, some children crossed the street right in front of them, and they had this kind of gate, zoo gate logo. They passed a music shop. There's a big harp in the window. Somebody comes out of the, um, these, the, um, the building with a harp in their hand. There, um, there's someone has a package with some wings. Somebody has a bear, and then he drew a bear with wings with a harp. And all these things are there. And this person, he's feeling, I'm an artist and this is my independent creation. (laughs) And these are the guys whose very job is to do that to you. But they did not even, they weren't able to spot that. So in this way, we're conditioned to think so many things are going to make us happy. But it all starts with the identity. Who am I? For example, if you want to get to Kalachanji's, you have to have something called GPS or knowing your position. Even if you have a map, you have to know where you are on that map. You may have a desired goal, but if you don't know what your position is, you won't know how to get there. So if you think you're in Fort Worth and you're in Denton, you're going to go east instead of south. So if you think you're this body, your plans to satisfy yourself will not give fruition. So the Vedas describe yata toro mula nishchanena, that the Lord is like the uh, root of all existence, and we are like the leaves. Where, if you want to take care of a plant, where do you put the water? Make sure it gets to the root. Massaging, you know, the spray on the leaf and massage it in a little, uh, is it? there we go. <laughs> Spray that on the leaf, massage it in there. Uh, and and there, if it doesn't get to the root, then it, it's not going to help. Or the food must go to the stomach. 
So there, the Vedas describe that there is a supreme person. Now, person, we were discussing this the other day. Um, if the sarvakaranakaranam, if there is a spiritual source of everything, then it must possess everything. If one is to say, wait, I'm a person, I have imperfections. If God is a person, then he is imperfect. Because look at me, I'm a person, I have imperfections, I have limitations. Isn't this the very aspect of form, a limitation? So, um, how many of you have been in Texas for a while? Raise your hand. Okay. Now, uh, how many of you would think that the sun is actually a very cold uh, uh, star up there? Is a very cold place? Anybody think it's c- kind of free, really cold there? Nice place to... Uh, yeah. Now, why don't you think it's cold? You feel it in the day. Perfect answer. Sometimes people say, uh, I have studied this in a science class... Which is okay, but what what is a more powerful form of evidence is something you've actually experienced instead of an authority telling you something. You know, if you actually experience it, then it becomes a more profound evidence. Pratyaksha, something you experience. I could tell you this, like yogurt I have here, tastes like lemon. And you may have faith in me, but when you taste it, then you know for sure. And so... Um, so that's called satkaryavad. We know something about the cause by looking at its effects. So if there is some spiritual source to existence, then how can it lack personality? How can it lack form? If you say God is without form, but he produces persons with form, that's like saying hot sunlight came out of a cold sun. But wait a minute, what about the concept of imperfect, the imperfection or limitation of form and personality? Well, look at the limitation of sunlight. It is not very powerful right here. You stick your hand and your hand, you can you know pull back and your hand will still be there. It won't you know burn out of existence. It's, and if you go outside and stand in the sun, then there immediately will be a shadow. Some imperfection. But if you get closer and closer to the source, that intensity increases so much that there is no shadow. You, you think there are any shadows up there in the sun? No, there's, it's just, just light. Brilliant light. So the intensity increases and increases and increases. So God is what you call the paradigmatic being. Paradigmatic means that he is the perfect prototype of personality. Not only does he have a form, but it is the perfection of form. Meaning that form is also not limited. He can, uh, he can multiply his forms and still it's called uh, spiritual mathematics. Krishna can make two Krishnas and it's still of the same potency. Both are completely perfect. Both are no. They didn't become now half half powered, you know. Now we said this talk is about going beyond God. 
Now, in the Vedic literature, it describes that there is a whole uh, gamut, or there's a whole assembly of, of managers of universal affairs. They are what people call semi-gods, demi-gods, angels. There are personalities known as Lord Shiva, Lord Brahma, Indra, Ganesh. Have you ever heard these characters? Yeah. Um, where where do you find the CEO of a billion dollar company? Or where would he be? No, I'm picking on Aditya. He's at the golf course. You know, he's, so how do you find who's in charge? He's got nothing to do. He's just hanging out with his friends. He's got no work to do because he's delegated responsibilities to all kinds of empowered agents. So there are three primary empowered agents for this universe. Humans are not the most elevated species in the material universe. There are species that are higher than humans. We call them uh, devatas or demigods. That word is a little difficult because in English, the word demigod is used for something a little bit different. It's used for like a, a human, the offspring of a human and, and what we call a demigod. So another word would be like semi-god or etc. So uh, there are 33 million different angelic species or demigods in the universe under the management system of, of God. But above all of them is even higher are three primal entities known as Brahma, Vishnu, and Mahesh, or Shiva. So this is generator, operator, and destructive detonator. G-O-D. If you want to destroy something, what do you need? Kaboom, what do you need? You need some energy, some power. So... Who's the consort of Lord Shiva? Shakti. Power. Durga. And if you want to uh, create something, you want to start something on Indiegogo, or what's the other one? What's the other? Not go for, Kickstarter. You want to start something on Kickstarter, first you got to have, what's the first thing you need? Kickstarter is about getting the money. You don't need the money to get started. Kickstarter, you need to. You have to have some good idea. Yeah, you got to have some intelligence. So, who's the consort of Lord Brahma? What's he? The goddess of intelligence. So, he's the he's the generator. He's the the um, creative engineer. And then, if you want to take care of something, you want to keep it maintain. You know, maintain a temple. What do you need? You need some money. So Lord's uh, associate, consort is Lakshmi. Yeah. But these are Ishwars, different controllers. But Krishna is actually going beyond Ishwar. The relationship that the soul has with Krishna on the highest level is not that of even reverence, but actually love. What, uh, what's your name, gentlemen, sir, there, in the, sitting there? Yes. 
Adam. Okay, so Adam's going to do an experiment. He's going to go to downtown Dallas, and he's going to interview people. Everybody's got these trusty phones nowadays. Don't need even a big video camera. And Adam, uh, but we're, we can just guess what the, uh, the results are. So Adam interviews people, and he asks people, in the spiritual world, what kind of relationship do you think you have with God? Uh, are you his um, servant? Uh, are you his admirer from a distance? Are you his best buddy? Like, you guys are just equals. You're just good friends to each other. Are you the Lord's... Are you God's mother? Are you God's romantic partner? So, although Adam has not yet done the experiment, what do you think the most popular answers would be in downtown Dallas? Out of those five romantic partner of, of God, his mother or parental figure, uh, a, a best friend, an equal, a servant or admire from the distance? Admire from the distance? Any, wait, what would you say, Adam? Any, any guesses? Most popular. And uh, maybe servant, somebody who gives some respect to you. Now, Imagine yourself on the recipient end. What kind of um, affection is more interesting? Having a very loving romantic partner or or a a parent that loves you or some admirer you don't even know? Or maybe somebody who shows you respect. Like if you are a a judge and you have some lawyers in your court that admire you. Or you have your mother who just loves you dearly. Which one uh, would be more relishable and more valuable to you? Yes. But you would, if you had a choice, like the love of a mother or just somebody that respects you. Mother, it's more gushing, more more feeling is there, more affection. So, um, as we pointed out, that form found here has its source in the kingdom of God, in the very form of God himself. Everything you find in this world comes from the spiritual world. This world is like the reflection in the mirror. So if you look at an apple in the mirror, there's not much you can do with it. You can't taste it. You can't smell it. You can't touch it. You cannot even see all of it. It is a distorted or lesser form of the original object. So in this world, you have romance. You have friendship. You have parental love. But there's all these inebriates found in them because they have an original source. Their source is the spiritual world. So there are souls that actually relate to God in a very intimate way that is uh, even uh, going beyond respect because 
The Lord is eager to reciprocate love. So there's some souls that treat God as their best friend, and he treats them as their best friend. And there are some souls that serve God in a motherly or parental or fatherly way. And he eagerly accepts that, uh, that love because it is more saturated with affection than that love that is limited by reverence. Even the romantic relationships that are found in this world are just an inverted reflection of those relationships that souls have with God in the spiritual world. In Catholicism, they call this bridal mysticism. So this concept is also found in different cultures. So the concept is that everything you see here, the origin is the kingdom of God, and that is expressed in the activities and display of Lord Krishna in his pastimes here in this world. So some, it's described that 5,000 years ago, Avatar, God descended to this world and gave us a showcase of what the spiritual world was like. The word avatar, habla espanol un poco, anybody? Habla espanol? So abajo, ava. Like in, uh, we say in, how do you say this in, uh, Hindi? She didn't catch that. Anybody else? How do you say that in Hindi? Chavis, how do you say it in Spanish? <laughs> so you got many uh, overlapping, like brother, brother, tumuchala, tumultuous. These are all Sanskrit terms. So the living entity has this, this eternal loving relationship with the Supreme. And that relationship is what the living entity is seeking after. Like George Harrison wrote a Ford for one of our books called Krishna Book. You can get it in the hallway. And it's, he starts off by saying, everyone is looking for Krishna, but most do not know it. So what we are seeking is our, our soulmate. Everyone wants to have uh, 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 deep, meaningful relationships that are not subjected to the terms of death that are not uh, that are free from envy and pride and um, things that cause disturbances. We all want that, and it's understood that our original soulmate is that most loving supreme being. So I will stop here. Um, see if you if you hundred percent agree with me, and or if you if there's some doubts or if there's some questions or concerns, we'd like to see if there we can cover any. Concerns, questions, and doubts. Yes, in the back there. I don't know if we have a microphone, but I'll try to just repeat your question on the mic. Yes. The soul, yeah. The, what makes us desire was the question. Is it the mind or this? The mind is actually, uh, it is like a, uh, non-entity. It's just a program. And the the soul is is um, becoming attached to that, and therefore its desire is becoming corrupted or affected by that program. So it's the the yes next hand there. So how can we productively? Uh, what was the sentence? How do you practically purify yourself? 
So you can see spiritual reality. So in the Vedas, they describe there are two types of processes. One is easier, what's more difficult. And so one is the process of negation, by which we um, we negation means we take away, minus. So we try to control the mind in such a way, once we get full mastery of the mind and body, then we can direct our consciousness inward towards the, the Lord who resides in the heart, the, the super soul. Um, so I'll give you an example how difficult this is and how it's virtually impractical. Um, so I want you to uh, not think of a uh, a bright yellow lemon that has been cut in half and it has a... Um, really beautiful tart smell and it's there's some water dripping along the side don't think of it stop it or if you tell a child just don't do anything it's like <laughs> so this is called negation you're just trying to stop to negate to uh, uh, it's considered very impractical and so Krishna says in the Gita, Vishaya nivartante nirahashadehina rasavarjam rasopyasya param dishtra nivartante. So a person can stop the senses from interacting, kind of have a little control. But for example, if you are sick and your doctor says, no more ice cream, does it mean that you have now dislike ice cream? Okay, no more ice cream for this guy. <laughs> he said it. We're going to write it down. <laughs> Desire is still there. But if you experience something of a higher grade, then that lesser experience loses its appeal. For example, uh, America is all into the um, zombie genre. So, you can just imagine yourself, it is a zombie apocalypse in East Dallas. And you have not eaten in 10 days. So, you know, there is a 7-Eleven just like three blocks over. 10 days, and perhaps you find in the dumpster at 7-Eleven some goodie there. Some, you know, uh, I don't know if you want to call it goody, but 10 days of not eating and it might look appealing, correct? 10 days, 12 days, maybe two weeks of no food and the food in that dumpster looks appealing. It starts to glitter and glow. But as you're about to eat, that dumpster... uh Whatever, we don't, who knows, we don't want to even say what it is. Uh, you get invited by Chananeshwar, who makes the best pizzas in Dallas. He has specific tomatoes that he uses, not just any particular, specific uh, um, species of tomatoes. And then he has this, uh, he, the cheese has to come from a very special place. 
You know, it can't, can't be just any kind of mozzarella cheese from any store. It has to be a certain quality and brand. So you got this uh, delicious pizza. Maybe it has kalamata olives. Maybe it has sun-dried tomatoes. Maybe it has some artichoke on it. Maybe it has some... Uh, some uh, some like a sour cream baked with like a little dots of sour cream, or maybe it has some goat cheese on it, different kinds of cheddar and mozzarella, and it's piping hot, and it, it's sprinkled with uh, olive oil, and this sauce has just been perfected and per- passed down for generations. Now you're working your way through slice number 17, Are you thinking about the dumpster? Do you need a 12-step program to give up your attachment to that dumpster? Automatically, that higher experience is going to slacken immediately the attachment to the lower experience. So, for example, uh, pigs have a lower taste. In America, we do not know what pigs eat. How many of you have been to India? What do pigs eat? Pigs eat poo. If you give it a choice between a nice birthday cake or the other, you will see what choice they make. So your desire to enjoy can be on different grades of consciousness. But if you develop a higher taste, then your interest, as a human being at least, you can have that facility to develop a higher taste, then you will no longer be interested. Not even just a human being. For example, there in South India, you can look it up, there is a crocodile that only eats Mahaprasadam. It's at the lake of the temple. There's a temple in South India. And you can see the Pujari put Prasadam in the gator's mouth. This gator is said to live in a small little lake that's attached to the temple. And he's vegetarian. So if the gator can do it, all of you can do it too. Yes. What does materialistic mean? Uh, was Arjuna poor? No. He is the example of the, the greatest student of Bhagavad Gita. And he was not a poor man. He was the king. He was this, the brother of the king of the world. So materialistic does not mean having, okay, materialistic, the poor person isn't materialistic, but the one who's rich is. No. It's the desire to enjoy separate from God. That desire to enjoy the temporary is the, then becomes materialism. So how do you make it not materialism? Well, you said food. Take your food and offer it to God. Well, if you want to offer food to God, first you have to find out, what does the guy like to eat? Well, it's described that Lord doesn't need to eat, but he is eager to accept loving offerings. He's interested in the love, but it must be offered in, in, the, in the sense of vegetarian food. It has to be vegetarian, because that's what, it, that's what happens in the spiritual world. There are descriptions that... In the spiritual world, there is even animals such as tigers, and they they don't even kill. There is no killing. Uh, 
Everything is, uh, uh, there's, all, there's no malice or anger or, or exploitation of others. There's descriptions of uh, some powerful saints that when they were, were walking, that even the animals would not feel like harming each other and eating each other in their presence. This is not just in the Vedic literature. You have that uh, statement in the Bible. It, it is described that the, even the that's not the lamb will not eat the lion will not eat the lamb. That's actually someone corrected that said it's actually the wolf. People take the they kind of rhyme, so people like that one. But it's the wolf will not even eat the lamb uh, in the in the kingdom of God. So you take vegetarian food. Cook it with love and devotion, with all your heart. Offer it to the Lord. You can say this prayer. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. You say, oh Lord, you accept this. This is your property. I am simply offering it to you as a loving offering. Just like those who do Ganga Puja. They take the water of Ganga and offer it to the Ganga. They didn't do anything for the Ganga. They just gave it back. When the child buys a gift for the parents, they use the parents' money. So you're buy- with God's property, you're offering His own property back to Him. But you offer it with love and devotion. So Bhakti means to do what you're already doing, but learning the art of doing all those things as an offering to the Lord. So food... Um, instead of, you know, you have a mu- you can sing a song about how wonderful, how amazing I am. You know? And all other fools better watch out. You know, cause I'm, uh, you know, I'm such and such. Or you can sing a song instead of glorifying yourself, you can sing a song glorifying God. Not that you give up the t- guitar and throw it in the alley or throw it in the trash. You find a wallet on the ground, you give it back to who it belongs to. So if you have a talent, you offer it back to who it belongs to. Not that you give it up. If you give it up, that's a sense of false renunciation. True renunciation is to offer it back. Does that make sense? No, you don't have to cut. That was the Buddhist idea. Remember? The true idea is that we have, our, our desire is being uh, in uh, being perverted or um, affected by material covering of or material conditioning, so we don't want to you know blow up the house. You fix the fix that. Uh, bring out the real desire. Peel off that blue paint. Let the light shine through. If you look at any painting, very ancient paintings of saintly people all around the world, how are they depicted? They have this great shine to them. Because not just figuratively, but literally, if the person becomes purified, they have a very bright appearance. Like you can just examine the the, the bright face of a young innocent child versus someone who is uh, struggling in an abandoned home as a meth addict. One, the one fellow, he sees like, it's like a cloud over him. The, the, and his practical uh, independent freedom to make his own decisions is being covered over by so many uh, desires impelling him against his own true desire. But the saintly person even has a brighter appearance than an innocent young child. 
Therefore, they're depicted with this halo. And so we want the the true desire of the soul to come out. And it's unique. It's not that your desire as an individual soul, it's expression of love towards Krishna. It's not the same as my. It's going to be all distinct. Everybody in the spirit. Therefore, that's why Krishna is very interested in you. Because only you have that flavor to offer. Yes, Prabhu? Yeah, there, it's, it's all there. It's like, um, the question was, uh, uh, admiration, respect, friendship, parental, romantic. Can you have admiration in all of, in, in are they, so it's considered if you have a thousand dollars, then automatically you have a hundred. So the first one is based on the, like, it really the relationships start, because admiration means you don't have, um, that level is the level where you're not even maybe interacting, maybe you're just a fan. Like you, you're like a, a, um, you know, a, you know, a fan of a band or something like that. But seva or servitude or um, dasya means there's some personal connection. And all the other relationships have are rooted in that service mood. So the the friend, he wants to serve God, but he's serving with this friendship. They're all there. The highest level, then some of the respect starts to disappear because um, we talked about that disease called Maya. Remember? Ahamkar? Now, uh, that another term for that is called Mahamaya. And Mahamaya is giving a facility for the soul to express its freedom, to not want to serve God. It's okay, God is, facilitates that, makes it all happen. But, so he, he gives illusion to the soul that he is this body, so he can enjoy separately from the, from God. But there's another type of illusion, Yoga Maya, where the soul can get closer to God. You forget that God is God, so you can be his best friend. Both of you call it, both of the mayas causing you to forget that God is God, but one is bringing you closer. Just like Krishna, he is lifting a mountain with his pinky in the painting there, go over down a hill, and all of his friends, they're so intimately connected that they think, man, this guy needs our help. And see, they're all putting their sticks up. That's called yoga maya. So any more uh, comments and questions? Okay, so um, Keshavadrita, Keshavadrita, Buddha Sharira, Jaya Jagadishahari. So in the Vedas, it's described... Thousands of years before his appearance, the question was, he went to a temple and there were, uh, some people were offering animals to God. I don't know who they're offering. But, uh, which God? There's only one CEO, according to Gita and Brahma Samhita and Bhagavatam and all. There's only one boss. Maybe the employee they're trying to offer, bri- bribe the employee. But not not the CEO. Because he... Uh, so, it's described that Buddha appeared. Buddha is predicted in the Vedas to be an incarnation of whom? 
Krishna, Lord Vishnu himself. He has said in the Bhagavatam, Tato Kalo Samrite Sumahaya Sura Drishtam Bhura Anjana Sutaha Kiketeshu Bhavishati. Bhavishati means in the future. The Lord will appear as Buddha, the son of Anjana, the province of Gaya. Buddha came and he rejected the whole Vedic sacrifice. He not only rejected the whole Vedic sacrifice, he rejected the Vedas. Because there were unscrupulous persons who had corrupted the meaning. In the Vedas, it clearly states certain things that are not allowed in Kali Yuga. And one of them is animal sacrifice. It's described in previous age. Now there, there is a thing called yugas or ages where the, the, there's a time shift and there's a great difference in the way life exists on earth. For example, in the Bible you hear stories of people living longer than they live today. That is a different yuga, a different age. So in Dwarpa Yuga, people lived not to a hundred, but to a thousand. And when you performed a fire sacrifice, the deity that you're you're appealing to appears in front of everyone's eyes. And to show the efficacy of the, the priest's mantras, the priest, first of all, can light the fire with sound. Have you seen any priest at that temple lighting fire through sound? No. And to show that the priest was... Uh, powerful to perform the ceremony, they sacrifice an old animal into the fire, and a young animal walks out of the fire before everyone's eyes. And that animal becomes blessed with all kinds of good karma. And there was no killing involved. So Buddha came 2,600 years ago to teach people uh, to reject the whole thing because the whole thing had become a great mess. People were killing animals in the name of religion. And instead of trying to fix all the details, Buddha just rejected the whole religion and taught some principles of basic principles of life. That if you want to talk about spirituality, first you need to be ahimsa, non-violent. Otherwise, to hell with all your so-called principles. Buddha reformed all of India. Buddha taught that that shunya, that uh, destroy the house when it has the leak, make it zero. Then another teacher came after the Buddha named Shankacharya. Shankacharya was also another divine personality. He taught Vedic Buddhism. He brought he brought people back, back to the path of the Vedas, but presented it in a very non-theistic, Buddhistic way, where there was no conception of a divine person or God. That it's just not zero, but oneness. The Buddhists and the followers of Sankacharya go to a pizza shop. What do they order? The Buddhist wants to be one with nothing. Shunya. The Bhayavadi, the personalist, wants to be one with everything. Everybody tells this joke to the Dalai Lama. Stephen Gobert tells the joke to the Dalai Lama. And they didn't get it because it's the wrong joke. The Buddhist wants to become with nothing. And the Advaitis, follower of Shankacharya, wants to become one with everything. Then after Shankacharya came whom? Ramanuja and Madhvacharya. 
And they said, no, not zero, not one, two. God and you. There is distinction. Both both Shankaracharya and Madhva are arguing on the basis of Vedas. And they revealed how he was not revealing the whole thing because he was presenting it to a Buddhist audience. Then after Shankaracharya, after Ramanujacharya, Madhavacharya, these are all very uh, divine personalities, then comes Chaitanya Mahaprabhu 500 years ago. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, one and two. The inconceivable oneness and duality of God. This is also God and this is also not God. In the sense that God is his own being, but this is his energy. The sunlight is the sun and the sunlight is not the sun. Both are true. The sun is outside and the sun is not outside. Both are true. It's a oneness and a difference. A drop of water from the ocean is the ocean in the sense of its qualities. It is ocean-like, salty, liquid. But quantitatively it is different. It is distinct. You can drink a drop, you can't drink the ocean. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So Buddha came to reform this idea 2,600 years ago. But there are still some foolish people who never learn. And therefore you find people killing animals in the name of religion at some, some temples. But that is not actually authorized according to Sastra. First of all, it's not permitted in Kali Yuga to do anything like that. Um, so it is just a concoction. It is driven by greed. And any so-called dharma that's driven by greed, to uh, that harms other, that is not dharma. That is adharma. Yeah, that is wrong. I and there actually there are different stages. For example, it's described in the Vedas that if a person wants to kill eat meat, they can do at a Kali temple on a once on a, a dark moon night. Vedas state this. And what they say into the ear of the goat, they tell him, In this life I kill you, in your next life. You kill me. Yeah, that, but that's nothing to do with spirituality. That's not spirituality. That is just regulation. For example, if the government says, um, puts restrictions on where alcohol is sold, it doesn't mean that the government is endorsing alcohol. It is creating some restrictions. It doesn't mean like, yay, alcohol, yay, alcohol. So there's some restriction on meat eating found in all traditions. It doesn't mean the traditions are saying, yay, eat meat. But I've gone, I think, over my time. If we have any more questions, we can, you can, I spot this guy, one of the guys with the ponytail, you know, just ask a question. Thank you very much for being here. Um, we have some here time and, um, there's, Feast has already started to be served. You can enjoy the feast. So, Om Tat Sat. Thanks a lot. Hare Krishna.